Hello and welcome to the Lifelong Learning Podcast, a place where I, your host, Joshua Gallinato, interviews interesting individuals that excel in their chosen fields. I love learning new things, hence the podcast name Lifelong Learning. I like to have conversations with each guest, talk about how they got to where they are and figure out tools and habits that have helped them in their journeys. Hopefully you'll learn something new in the process. Today's guest is Friedrich Arhusiander. Friedrich loves to learn languages. Currently, he can converse in English, Swedish, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Hungarian, and a little Czech. I too am fond of learning languages, and I'm currently trying to get better at learning Swedish. That's how I came across Friedrich. His simple Swedish podcast is a useful resource for anyone trying to learn the language. In his podcast, Friedrich speaks slowly whilst using simple words and phrases. For someone who needed to expose himself to the language, I found Friedrich's podcast to be a valuable resource. In addition to his podcast, he includes transcripts of each episode. I find listening to each episode whilst reading the transcripts to be a great way of increasing my data input for the Swedish language. They're completely free and you can find them all on his site, swedishlinguist.com. In today's episode, we talk about where he got his love for languages, what tools and habits he implements with his language learning, and near to the end of the podcast, we get to talk a little Swedish together. If you're not Swedish, I apologize for not understanding, and if you are Swedish, I apologize for butchering your language. Don't forget, you can find all of today's show notes and useful links over at galliway.blog forward slash podcast. That is galliway, G-A-L-I-W-A-Y galleyway.blog forward slash podcast. Anyway, here's my conversation with Friedrich Arhusiander from Simple Swedish Podcast. All right, we are live. Friedrich, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm great. How are you? Cool. I'm very well. Thank you very much. And I just want to make sure that I'm going to say your name correctly. It's Friedrich Arhusiander. Yeah, Friedrich Arhusiander. Okay, cool. How's my Swedish accent? Is it any good? It's good. Yeah, I haven't heard you speak that much Swedish yet, but uh, yeah, so far so good. Let me explain uh, why I wanted you on, Fredrik. Um, just moments before I hit record, I was telling you that I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. Uh, since I've been learning Swedish myself, I wanted to find a resource um, where I could kind of just um, expose myself to the language as much as I could, as much as I can. And I was trying to look for a podcast with, um, where someone was talking slow and, um, and they were just talk using everyday language. And then I came across the Swedish linguist and it was just great. It was a great resource for learning Swedish. You talked slow, you had, um, you had, you included transcriptions as well, and you were using simple language. And, uh, it's just been a great resource for me for learning Swedish. So thank you very much for putting on, uh, your podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm very happy that you, uh, enjoy it. And what you described as pretty much exactly what I was, uh, aiming for. Yeah, that's great. It's so the Swedish, uh, the, the Swedish linguist, sorry, did I say the Swedish podcast? I meant the Swedish linguist podcast is, um, an extension of your website, the Swedish linguist.com. Am I correct in saying? Well, the podcast is actually called the simple Swedish podcast, but, uh, on the images, I still says the Swedish linguist. So I, I just didn't change that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. 
I remember listening to a few of your older podcasts and it was um it was the the simple swedish and you were kind of like I guess you were trying to figure out what you were doing on your podcast and but can you explain can you explain um when you first created your podcast what did you what did you actually intend to do with it and what are your goals with it well actually the first first time i created a podcast that was like that was a while ago that was back in uh, 2012 and uh, i had been learning french for a while and uh, i was just started getting really into languages and i had been listening to a bunch of language podcasts and i thought oh I'll, maybe i should create my own one because i had these ideas and i started creating like a story about mowgli you know, I just picked some character, or I don't know. And that was just like kind of trying it out, but I didn't have any kind of gear or... Uh, so I just... And I don't know, that if you listen to those really old ones, they are not very good. Maybe it has some kind of entertainment value, I don't know. Um, but then, uh, then I just uh, started a proper one, like, uh, you know, a few months ago whenever I started, I think it was in September. And uh, I had like a little bit more clear vision, even if it's not like completely clear, it's still kind of, you know, trying the different approaches a little bit and like uh, changing it up a bit. So, um, but yeah, I decided to leave those really old ones there just for, I don't know, I just didn't find a good enough reason to, to not keep them there. <laughs> no, I agree. I think, um, whenever someone's creative the the hardest part is to hit publish and then the um what's even harder than that is going back to all of your old stuff and re-listening to everything because uh, i myself i i cringe whenever i listen to my old stuff or read my old stuff but i applaud you it's, it's great work so let's um so basic frederick uh, you uh, I would like to say a master of languages. You know um, English, Swedish, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Hungarian, and you're doing a little bit of Czech right now. Am I correct in saying? Yeah, like I can already have like uh, some basic. I can have like yeah, you know, kind of basic conversation in Czech. Like I chat with my girlfriend sometimes in in Czech, and I try to talk to her parents in Czech and like that. That was like one of the main things why reasons why I wanted to learn Czech because uh, they, her parents doesn't don't speak English so so I thought that was a good good enough reason to uh, to do that so now I can kind of like get, get by with her parents. That's really nice. When I reached out to you, I showed you a little video of uh, of myself surprising my girlfriend at the time, um, who's now my fiance, and uh, I was surprising her by learning oh, the. Congratulations! Oh, thank you very much. I remember surprising her, but my goal was to surprise her learning Swedish, and um, I managed to do it. Uh, I thought I had learned Swedish by then, and I realized I've still got a long way to go. But now I can communicate with her family as well, so it's really nice. So I, I know where you're coming from. I think that's great work. Congratulations and doing that uh, secretly as well. It's like uh, I don't know. That's, uh, that's well done. Oh, what was really hard was that I was going back and forth uh, from England, and every day I I gave myself the goal. It took me about a year, and every time I kept on visiting, the the more times I came, I would visit, I, I would I would understand more. But I had to pretend that I it didn't understand, which was the hardest part. <laughs> oh, but did you ever like? hear something that you weren't supposed to hear <laughs> well well the the interesting thing is that my um my fiance she is from uh, sweden 
but her parents come from um, from Iran, so they speak Persian in the family, as you as you can tell in the video. Uh, so most of the time, they weren't really speaking Swedish amongst themselves. So no, they I didn't get to to hear them talk badly about me. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, Fetrick, I wanted to talk to you about just languages in general. Where did you get the love for learning um, languages? Uh, I actually don't know because uh, when I was in when I was younger, I had like in elementary school, I had Spanish for uh, for about five years, and I didn't really pr- particularly like that that much. And my grades were not that good. But then uh, it just kind of happened when I was in Australia back in two thousand nine, nine two thousand ten, and I. Just, I was just, I uh, didn't really have that much to do and I was kind of broke and I was just staying in a hostel and uh, there were a lot of French people at the hostel and I thought like, hmm, why not like learn French? Like, uh, I don't know, like it was just like a thing to do and I borrowed a, a book, at the, like a learning book from the library in Melbourne and, and I just started learning and I had the French people at the hostel help me with, with it and uh, I don't know, I just thought it was fun and and then I continued to do it while I was unemployed when I came back in, to Sweden. Uh, so I had a lot of time for a few months because I didn't have a job. And I guess I progressed like pretty fast because, and I also tried to like talk to, whenever I heard people speaking French, I would like try to talk to them a bit in French and stuff like that. And I don't know, I just thought it was really fun. And so I continued. So you're telling me you came across a lot of French people in Sweden? No, that was in Australia. Oh, um, in Sweden, yeah. I so said like whenever I heard people talking French, but that and that was in Sweden, but that wasn't like it wasn't that common. <laughs> but still, like every opportunity, maybe like uh, you know, once a month, like there was some French people speaking French, or I don't know. That's amazing. And um, actually, I so. I'm currently stay. I'm I've moved to live with my fiance in Gothenburg, and you're actually from Gothenburg, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I am from a small town outside Gothenburg called Alingsås, but uh, I I used to live in Gothenburg for a few years. Okay. I, okay. That's cool. So um, so you learnt Spanish first, and people coming from Sweden, they actually are brought up learning two languages. So already at a young age, you knew three languages: English, Swedish, and Spanish. Yeah, I didn't really know Spanish. Like, as I said, I wasn't very into languages at that time when I was learning it, like when I was, I don't know, like 12, 13, 14, 15. And I could, couldn't really have a conversation in Spanish, even though I learned it for five years in school, which is like a really big failure on the school system. I think that people learn languages for years and years and they don't actually learn anything because they, because you don't really have conversations and you don't have an engaging material. And yeah. But I didn't know Spanish. I learned I learned French on my own, and that's the first language I actually learned on my on my own. And it took like two years. So it took you two years to get fluent in a conversational, or how did you grade your your fluency in the language? Like back then, uh, I don't I don't know. It's like it, that was very. I was just like trying my way forward, pretty much with French. And I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm. I've never been fluent in French. I've been. I'm conversational. I can have conversations like no problem. Like fluency for me is like when you don't have to think all the time when you talk. And with French, I definitely have to think a lot while I'm talking, even though I, I can speak without too much like hesitation and errors. Like. And then, when did you make the switch to learn another language? 
Uh, I mean, I when I just when I started the first like after that, I I just became interested in languages in general and. And I started working at the Volvo factory in Gothenburg, and it was really, really boring and monotone work. And I listened to a lot of podcasts while I was working because I didn't really have to use my brain. So I was listening to like podcasts, and and I was listening to a lot of language uh, classes <laughs> as pod in like a podcast format. And uh, I just I kind of started continuing with Spanish. I started learning Mandarin. I mean, I learned. I also learned some Farsi, some Arabic, like I don't know, some Thai, like a little bit of everything. And then, I but I liked Spanish because I already had the basics, so I felt like it was easier to get into. So I continued, but I, but French was still like the the one that I could actually have a conversation in. So, do you feel that it's the conversations that make you better in learning a language? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, I, after like a few years later in 2015, I spent one year in Spain, in Barcelona, and uh, I really made an effort to speak Spanish as much as I could. Like I moved into a flat with like people from Venezuela, didn't speak English, and I, you know, I uh, try like I had a job with Swedish people, but. But I made an effort to not hang out with them too much and like try to make friends like with Spanish-speaking people and uh, you know I try to speak a lot of Spanish and uh, my Spanish improved so much like I could speak uh, pretty much fluent Spanish after that year. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's my problem as well. I think um, my reading, my well, my writing's not the best. Uh, my listening and reading are the are the best. That I would I know that they're the strongest, but it's my writing and speaking is where I lack. Um, and I think you're right. I think talking is really important and that's where you progress. Uh, for me, I know that whenever I try to speak Swedish with other people, sometimes I don't get confident in myself and I feel like an utter failure and like a total idiot when I speak. How did you, did you feel like that? And how did you get over that, um, that feeling of, of, of failure? Oh uh, yeah. Well, that's just a part of it. Like, uh, you just have to be an idiot for a while and because you're learning and I don't know, I kind of see it as a, just a good way to do self-improvement in general, because if you, if you push through that, you're, you're, you become mentally stronger. I think. Yeah, I totally agree. You're, you're not very good at this, but you just have to do it anyway. And, uh, but actually with, like people are always like, always very forgiving when when you're learning actually i think swedish is what swedish people are among the least forgiving when it comes to people in the language maybe because they're so used to it like right now i'm in, in a bar in indonesia and i learned like five places in indonesia and i say like one word and people are like wow and there a lot of countries they're very appreciative of you learning their language and, but also in Sweden, you know, like if you go and butcher a phrase and say something completely fucked up, like they're, they're not gonna, they're, they're gonna understand, you know? So yeah, it's just like something you have to do to push through. So how do you learn new phrases and how do you learn new words? What techniques do you use to improve your memory on language learning? Well, I use a lot of um, flashcards, like, An An you know, the app Anki? Yes, I've, that's what I used as well. Yeah, so it's kind of complex and it takes a little extra time because I always create my own flashcards because I think other people's flashcards are, are usually pretty bad. 
Uh, but I use that a lot, and uh, I did kind of overuse it for a while when I was learning Hungarian. Like I was very much over relying on it, but now I'm using it more as a complement, which is really efficient. Like I try to put like the most useful words there, and uh, for vocabulary, I find it really useful to read. And in the beginning, you want to read like kind of pretty simple things that are made for learners, but as soon as you get a little bit more advanced, uh, you want to start reading like native stuff and like try to find things that are interesting. Like now I'm reading, I try to read like, articles about uh, psychology and I know that sounds advanced, but there are also articles that are not like, that are, you know, like popular psychology, kind of like a bit more easy. <clears throat> and I, I translate all the words I don't know and I write them down and then the most useful ones, like maybe I pick like the 10 most useful ones and I put them into Anki. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I did that a lot at the beginning and then I um I wanted to start getting more into the conversational uh element of it all. Um and so I kind of put my my flashcards to the side. But I'm thinking now talking to you, I should really bring that back as it will help with my retention. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a very nice compliment to use uh like not as the main tool, but as definitely like and but conversations that's that should be the main uh the main thing obviously like if you live in the country you should definitely try to speak it every day and i think like classes like online classes are really really helpful because then the teacher can write all the words down in a shared documents like i use that when i teach classes i i have a shared document on google drive so every time i correct my student every time i like teach them a new word or they they ask about a word like i write everything down on a sheet on a shared uh, document and then you can see it and you can ask about it and you can come back to it later and re and rehearse the words and you can also put them into your apps and whatever i think it's really useful to learn vocabulary that way let's talk about that so you are also an italki teacher now i've used that service in the past and i found it tremendously helpful um having a, an online tutor uh, give me one-on-one -on -one feedback uh, can you explain what italki is and how it actually improves um uh, people's fluency in another language so it's basically um like for a teacher it's like a marketing platform and for a student it's like a, a platform to find teachers so so you actually do the classes on Skype. So you don't do the classes on Italki. You you just find you just get in contact on Italki and you can communicate on Italki and and the payments go via Italki. So you have your profile there, and uh, you can you know search for teachers and you can have trial classes classes and you can find a teacher that you you like and connect with and and uh, and it's usually like prices are also pretty good. I, I would say. <clears throat> so I don't know if it's, uh, it's great online classes. I think it's really good because you can just sit on in your own house and uh, you can you can be pretty flexible with the schedule and everything. And uh, as I said, you can also use this like shared uh, document and you can share they can share your screen their screen when they explain something. And I think it's very useful. I think everyone should do that if they learn a language. I totally agree. So, uh, what what other resources do you use when you learn new languages? So that has changed a lot throughout the years, and uh, right now, I because I'm always trying to include. There are like there are about there are like these five categories that I always try to include, and in. speaking is obviously the most important one, and then reading, writing, and listening, and also vocabulary training. So. 
speaking is obviously the most important one because it's uh, kind of it always reinforces everything you learn and when you actually that's when you actually use it you know language is for communication and, and speaking is communication it's also the most fun and rewarding way of of learning i think and reading is a really good way to to you know learn see like uh, patterns in grammar and learn new vocabulary because they're always much more words much more different words used in uh, written language so it's a good way to build your vocabulary and uh, listening is, is very essential especially for me because listening for me is like the hardest part <laughs> so i have to listen a lot and i use podcasts a lot and i try to find things that are interesting and uh, for most bigger languages there are also podcasts that are aimed for uh, learners and for swedish that's why i started mine because i felt like there weren't really actually any podcast that of the type that I would like to use when I learned. For example, when I was studying Russian for a while, I found like a, uh, a podcast in, in like slow and simple Russian. Well, he was just talking about random stuff, but it was like he was saying the words clearly and not speaking very fast. And I found that it was like pretty easy to understand after I had gotten over like the basic level. And I could even listen to it and there was a word I didn't understand and I could use Google Translate, like voice recording, and I could just like say the word. And if I said it well enough, <laughs> Uh, then you know I could just see it would you translate in, uh, in Google Translate. So yeah, I think it's really uh, good to find podcasts. Yeah, that's what I I did. For, that's how I came across you. I was looking for something where so I was trying to just listen to podcasts just so I can keep hearing the words if I was saying it correctly. But a lot of the podcasts that I was finding for Swedish was really complicated and really fast. And when I came across yours, I was, I felt that I was at a level where I could, um, I could understand, I can understand maybe about 70% of what you were saying. And it was really nice. You brought in your mom and then you would just interview her and then you would just talk about your day. You'll talk about films that you watched. Um, and so sometimes I'll just stick you, uh, I'll put you on when I'm at the gym and then I can just hear you just, just to have you on in the background, just have Swedish on in the background. I felt really, was really helpful for my learning. I'm very happy to hear that. <clears throat> That's exactly what I, what makes me feel motivated to uh, continue it. No, it's great. Please keep it up because I need it. Um, so I wanted to ask a question, which is, which I'm, I really don't know the answer to. So I am learning Swedish still. Uh, me, my, my, um, my, um, my fiance, oh, I keep thinking Swedish words now. My fiance is, um, she thinks I'm really, she's really impressed with what I've where I am at the, with the amount of time I've spent on it, but I am not confident with myself still. And nor do I think I'm at that level where, um, I think I'm good enough. And do you ever have that feeling of I'm not good enough, um, at when you learn these languages and does it put you off and how do you break past that? I really mean good enough for what? I don't know. I just think, um, I think when I'm, when I, when I, in everyday situations, I, I can hear when people, I talk to people, it's, I can understand a bit, but I just don't think that my grammar is right. And when I'm talking to them and then I just, I think that voice in my head is just saying, oh, Josh, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) You're failing. You're, you're rubbish. Um, I just, I, I can't get past that, but my, my fiance keeps telling me, no, you're doing really good. You're really, you're progressing really well. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's just me or if, if every language learner gets, has that thing as well. 
I don't know. It's just I feel like it's just about expectations because if you have expectations to be able to talk fluently with someone after a few months, then your expectations are, are, are way over the reality. Because uh, to have like to be fluent, and that means that you don't have to think that much when you talk. You can just uh, and you just understand what people tell you without having to focus all your effort. You know, like, that takes a long time and a lot of effort. And um, I really think one key is to find enjoyment in the in the process because it's gonna be it's always a process. Like even even in your own language, it's still a process. You're still learning until you die. So, um, so what what goal do you have and what expectations do you have uh, for reaching that? And during in the meantime, uh, how can you enjoy the the process? So for me. Like if I can, if I when I start out, maybe I have a goal to okay, I will have I want to have a five minute conversation, and after a month, maybe I can have a five or a ten minute conversation, and that, and I think that's that's pretty cool. Like it's a new it's something new. Like I never wasn't able to do that before, and uh, and then um, you know when you get more advanced, maybe it's it's cool that you can you know watch a movie with. Subtitle, like even if you have subtitles in your target language, say you watch a movie in Swedish with Swedish subtitles, and even if you have to pause every now and then to translate a word, like that's pretty cool. Like yeah, you can watch a movie and uh, in a new language. Like I think that's amazing. And if you can listen to people and understand their conversation for the first time, like that's also really cool. Or listen to podcasts and, and like all these like different things that that is like a new thing, and. Uh, and for conversations, that's kind of that's pretty. That takes a little while before until you can have uh, proper conversations with a native. So I think that's also the reason why I think having a, a tutor on italki is really really helpful because they know how to speak in a way where it's not like you don't use like too complicated words and uh, and stuff like that. So you can feel like you're actually having a conversation with someone, which is uh, really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, another question I wanted to ask with uh, language learning is: so I'm learning Swedish right now, and I feel that I need to put all my effort in it before I can move on and learn something else. But now that I have the, let's say, the formula for learning a language, I'm excited to learn new ones. But I'm not too sure when's the best time to move to a new one. And I'm trying to stay disciplined with Swedish, but. At the same time, I'm itching to learn something else, but I don't know when I should um, when I should move on from one, or if it's a bad thing in in the first place. So, uh, I, for me, and I think for most people, when you're learning something, uh, you get a lot of motivation when you can feel the progress. So, one thing is to have engaging and interesting material, and the other thing is to feel like you're improving because that gives a lot of motivation because it's, you know, like you, you're feeling that you're getting better and it and it's, makes it fun. Um, yeah, so you could, you could learn like several languages at a time and you can pause one and, and start another one. Uh, personally, I think it, that's just my personal opinion, is it's that I, I want to be able to get to a, a pretty good level before I start another, another one because uh, I know that Say I have two hours a day. Okay, I don't. Maybe I have one hour a day to dedicate to language learning. And if I divide that into two, that means my progress is gonna be slower, and, uh, and that's gonna be mean less motivation for me. Uh, so I would personally don't wouldn't want to uh, 
uh, starting more languages. And uh, but you can definitely do, definitely do that. Like whatever works for you. And uh, I know people who do that, and it works for them. <clears throat> for example, one of my main uh, role models when it comes to language learning, Luca Lampariello. Like he has uh, some videos on how how to do that. And uh, yeah. So you were talking about your uh, your routine, your learning routine. So you you do you dedicate one hour a day for learning a language, or do you split that in 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 thirty minutes? So okay, right now because I just came to Bali like two weeks ago, and my routine is a little bit <laughs> fucked up. But uh, when I was in Budapest, I had a routine of learning at least thirty minutes every day, and uh, I I often try to make it more because I, I really enjoy it. So. Either I would read some article, well, like have some reading material and practice the vocabulary. And uh, on my way to the gym or sometimes during the gym or whenever I was like going somewhere, I would put some podcast on. And it would be really helpful if I had studied those that vocabulary from that podcast before. So sometimes you have a transcript uh, and then you can study the, the transcript a bit. And then you can listen to the same podcast episode for many times. and and uh, that's really helpful i think and then also have like at least one class every week so those would be and, and also using anki like whenever i have like some dead time i would you know you're standing in line somewhere or you're like eating breakfast and or actually for eating breakfast i usually watch a youtube video <laughs> in the language but uh, you know anki is really good because you can just take your phone up and like you do some flashcards for a few minutes like any kind of dead time I use I try to use the the Anki or listen to podcast. And you said you try and get one class a week. So you, uh, being an Italki teacher, you also are a student as well. Yeah, for sure. I I think it's a great platform for learning. Very interesting. So, in terms of uh, language learning, do you? Do you try and stay consistent um, for every day with those 30-minute practices? And do you see a drop-off when you're not consistent? I think consistency is one of the key things when it comes to language learning. When it comes to learning in general, because you you build on what you learned the day before. The brain works in a way that is, is much more efficient to learn a little bit every day than have like one chunk like one day a week, it's, it's so much more efficient to learn a little bit every day. Because also, also when you sleep, that's when your brain is going through everything that it learned and it's actually improving while you're sleeping. So like what you've been learning the day before, like you literally keep learning while you're sleeping. <laughs> so being consistent is extremely important. So I definitely try to do that. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. All right, Frederick, I want to try something with you. I want to see where you think I am with my Swedish. So I have never talked to someone on the phone in Swedish. <laughs> I've never talked to someone on the phone in Swedish. So when someone's talking, I would either like, um, you know, when you're watching something on, on the film, um, you have the subtitles. And so I can, I can see, I can hear what they're saying, but I can read what they're saying. And I think that's very helpful. I think right now, this is going to be a very big test. If I can hear, um, hear the, the Swedish words and, t- and still understand. So please be. But you had a tutor, you said you had a tutor and I talk, you know, something, no? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I did I talking for a while, especially when I was trying to, um, 
surprise my girlfriend, uh, my fiance. Yeah. And um, so I, I was, I was intense. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I had a, t- I had a, t- a tutor every week. Um, and that yeah. was when I was at the beginning, but I felt that um, ever since I've surprised her, I felt that I've dropped off a little just because I don't really have a goal now. I'm just trying to become fluent. Oh, and yeah. I, I think I need to give myself a goal to do something else. Goals are really important. Sorry, before we test myself, uh, what what do you think about goals? Yeah, I think goals are crucial. Like it's extremely important because, and I also feel like right now because uh, I'm gonna be here for a while, and uh, because before I had a goal when I was visiting my girlfriend and her parents at their parents' place, like or or when we together went to visit them. So now, so like I had a goal, like okay, I'm gonna talk to them, you know, and. Uh, but it's okay. You have a long term goal to be fluent, but it's extremely helpful to have to have short-term goals too, you know, like have a 10-minute conversation can be a short-term goal. And it's, you should not have, you know, sometimes you ask people, what are your goals? Like, I want to improve my speaking. That's not a goal, you know, you have to have a more precise, it's like, okay, have a 10-minute conversation can be a goal. Uh, watching a movie uh, with the Swedish subtitles can be a goal or reading a book or, or something, something like this. I totally agree. I think this is what I'm lacking right now is that I'm just thinking about the long term and I don't have anything in between and I'm not enjoying the process because of it. So when uh, when I go away from yeah. from this podcast, I will uh, I will set myself some some keys, uh, key key um, goals for my journey. But let's let's see how my Swedish is. I want to I want to see what an I talky Swedish okay. uh, teacher thinks of my Swedish. So Vaska vi prata om. Okay, so hey, Vaska vi prata om. You can you can choose. You can value uh, the. Du kanske kan uh, presentera dig. Berätta lite om dig själv. Okay, uh, so hey, mitt namn är Josh. Uh, jag kommer från England, men uh, jag flyttade i uh, Sverige från um, så so jag kan uh, bo med min uh, uh, min festmö. Så so vi bor tillsammans i um, oh. i Göteborg. Um, och det är bra. Uh-huh. Jag, jag, uh, innan jag trodde jag uh, jag um, jag gillar jag gillar det uh, London. Jag 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 född i London. Jag född i London och um, uh-huh. jag jag tror uh, jag ska uh, för uh, bo i London hela tiden. Men efter jag flyttade till Göteborg, jag, um, jag gillade um, uh, staden. Jag gillade de har så mycket uh, skogen och uh, mindre men- människor och ja det det är bra. Jag yeah, yeah. I'm jag yeah, um, I'm having jag yeah, I'm having a good time. Say a man I'm having a good time på svenska. Ja, jag har det bra. Jag har det bra, ja. Hur länge har du bott i Göteborg? Sex månader nu. Um, Så so, ja, yeah, det går bra. Um, uh, vi, vi vet inte om vi ska uh, stanna här hela tiden. Därför att vi är unga och vi, vi uh, samma som dig. Vi uh, vill gilla att um, åka uh, uh, runt uh, världen. Mm. Um, men... Vi ska testa först uh, om mm. vi ska uh, stanna i uh, Sverige för uh, ett tag och uh, kanske, jag vet inte, i flera månader um, vi ska flytta till ett uh, annat land. Okej, okay, kul. Cool. Men uh, jobbar du i Sverige? 
Ja, nej, så jag är, uh, hur säger man self-employed på svenska? Ja, jag är självanställd. Alltså, ja, du, du kan säga att jag har eget företag. Ja, exakt. Mitt problem är att jag uh, jobbar på hem. Och uh, jag pratar in, med uh, ingen person uh, uh, utan min, uh, uh, min, min festma. Men min festma uh, um, är inte... Hon är um, just du. Hur säger man just du på svenska? Hon är van vid. Okej, okay, hon är van att uh, prata engelska med mig. Um, därför att um, jag överraskade henne och uh, hon, uh, den är, den är nytt uh, för henne att uh, prata svenska med mig. Så hon, hon, uh, vi, vi pratade tillsammans men jag, jag har lite konversation med, uh, uh, med uh, svensk personer. Därför att jag, jag jobbar på hem så jag, jag pratar med ingenting. Nej, ingen. Ja, du, du jobbar hemifrån. Ja, exakt. Förlåt. Min grammatik är dålig. I hemifrån. But anyway, that's me, Fredrik. How was that? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's good. I think you should continue with this. Like, so, so uh, you're making uh, some grammar mistakes, uh, but your pronunciation is really good. Uh, thank you very much. So, I, think I, I, think, I think pronunciation is the most difficult part of Swedish. So, uh, uh, yeah. I think you should continue. Thank you. I, I think I needed that. I think I needed some motivation because I've just been going, uh, like you said, <laughs> consistency is so important. I've just been reading, writing, listening to you and talking to my um, fiance. And I just, I feel like it's just not really going anywhere. But to hear someone uh, like yourself say that it's going well, that's good to hear. Um, But before you leave, Fredrik, I wanted to ask uh, one last question. So when you learn languages, um, besides Anki and um, any other, what else we've talked about in italki, are there un- any other tools that you use to help, your, uh, help you learn languages? Hmm. Not really. I just use, uh, as I said, I use Anki, I use podcasts, I use uh, articles, and depending on the level I am, like there, hopefully there are some usually some easy articles to use in the beginning. And uh, yeah, you just start easy and uh, have goals, have parts like part goals and long-term goals and uh, make sure to be consistent. And uh, to be consistent, you need to create habits and you also need to enjoy the process. So so for you, I, I'm pretty sure that you, because you're not uh, really talking to anyone and actually to to have to talk to your partner is not really the best solution it's a, it's a good to have a partner to speak that language but you can never rely on it because you started with another language so it's going to be weird to switch uh, to to the language that you're learning so i would definitely try to rely on um, on a teacher or other people or a language partner or you know and yeah it's uh, i also i also been there when i was learning hungarian i was i was I didn't really talk to many people in Hungary. I didn't have any friends who were speaking Hungarian and that was like a big obstacle but i shouldn't ha- I should have found some lang- more language partners and um I actually did have a language partner for a while and that helped me a lot like a lot so that's a tool that is really useful to find language partners and teachers yeah I think this is what we're learning together that I can't rely on uh, my partner as you said it's it's just different it's a different dynamic um especially when you meet some meet to 
meet each other with a different language and then all of a sudden switch. But it's um, like you said, we're enjoying. I'm enjoying the process. Yeah, you don't. I mean, like you don't want to have your partner correct you like in daily life. Like if you have certain specific questions or or like if you're having a chat just to practice, like fine. But in in everyday conversations, you don't want to you know be correcting your partner and stuff like that. You don't want to have your partner as a teacher. Uh, that like sometimes maybe but not as a, as, a, as a general thing that's great advice well frederick i um just want to thank you so much for uh for the resources that you put on online and for anyone who wants to find your work or listen to you or read your stuff where should they be pointed to so my website is swedishlinguist.com and uh, i have a youtube channel also for swedish linguist and uh, the podcast is called simple swedish podcast but you also find it by typing Swedish linguists also on Spotify and iTunes. Yeah, so that's it. And and I'm very happy that you wanted to have me as a guest. I feel honored <laughs> to be to be here. So thank you so much. Well, the honor is all mine, honestly, Frederick. Like I said, I listen to you almost every day, just listen to your stuff. So I get very excited when you release new content. And uh, I'm sure now that you're in Bali, you get to, you have more time to release. Uh, once you've settled down, uh, you can release more content so I can practice my Swedish. <laughs> yeah, I hope, so. I hope so too. And uh, my schedule is pretty, I used pretty much the same amount of time to do that stuff here as I did in Budapest. So. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, you've opened my eyes, and hopefully, um, maybe in the next few weeks, I might uh, book a few lessons with you and uh, get a teacher rather than focusing on, uh, uh, rather than leaning on my fiance to to help me learn. But um, yeah, I'm hope to talk to you soon. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining the podcast, and um, yeah, let's talk soon. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget you can find all of today's show notes and useful links at galleyway.blog forward slash podcast. Thanks again, and I hope to see you on the next one.